This is Saturday morning's must-listen formula. Set to go. Ready. Racing. The best minds in the business are ready to have their say. This is the Melbourne Racing Panel. Looking forward to chewing through this meeting. Dean Lester, David Gately, Jamie Rogers from the tab to give us all the the market moves. What a great day's racing it is. Turnbull Stakes Day at Flemington. We'll get an update from Liam O'Keefe shortly to just see if there was any moisture put on the track this morning. We're currently on a good four with the rail in the nine metre position as I welcome Dean Lester into the program. Good morning, Dean. Yeah, good morning, Warren. What a great day's racing it is, and thanks for Gary Roberts, well-known to, to so many, and uh, high-profile owner of Vogue, amongst many other things. Since 1938, Dino, four horses have won the Turnbull twice. Winks, Comet Court, Ajax, and, and Vogue. So when I went through the honour roll some hour or so ago, I, I didn't even mention Vogue, and he deserved to sit very high on the, the list of previous winners of the Turnbull Stakes. Yeah, he certainly uh, does. Uh, he's... Uh... His first year was stirring battle with Fair Sir, and then the other, the second year he just dominated from the front. So uh, what a he owned the 2000 there at Flemington for a long time with the Turnbull Stakes and McKinnon Stakes Australian Cups. Uh, it was so exciting to watch. And David Gately, as I welcome you into the program, terrific days racing in both Melbourne and Sydney. Group One racing at both venues. Indeed, indeed, and uh, uh, yeah, triple shot of, of Group One action in Sydney. The Turnbull fascinating race given the set-weight penalties nature of it, so let's get into it. Jamie Rogers has settled beautifully into her role down here with the tab RSN 927 in Melbourne. Good morning, Jamie. Yeah, good morning, Warren. I'm currently sitting here looking at the sun shining here in Melbourne and absolutely pumped for this nine-race program for Turnbull Stakes Day. Cannot wait to get into it. Yeah, you're a little bit late to the party, but welcome to the beautiful Melbourne weather. What's the (laughs) activity been like on both meetings today, particularly Melbourne and Sydney? Yeah, well, having a look at Melbourne, race five, number three, Giga Kick is the best backed overall on the program, 270 into $2. I should note that there was a 12 cent deduction for spacewalk scratching. The best roughy is number four in race four, number 13 in Fortunate Kiss at $21 into $9.50 there. Maribyrnong trial stakes down the straight for the two-year-olds over a 1,000 metres kicks off the program. Take out numbers 6 and 11. They're all debutants here. Jamie, what's the market telling us? Yeah, this is always an interesting one, Warren. Whenever it's a first starters with two-year-olds, I'm always interested to see where the money's going. So in this case, number 10, Charmstone, who is the favourite at $3.40. She has Jamie Carr on board, and we've seen the support come through, $3.70, now into that $3.40 price. And then at a little bit of a longer price, Cracker Rib, number three, is was $31, then went into 18 now into $12. So between those two horses, they're the best backed in the market, and pretty much the only two that have seen some interest so far. Dino, I won't ask you for a speed map, but I'll just ask from your observations of trials and jump outs leading to this, is there anything in particular that's caught your eye? Uh, Warren, yeah, I'd be more chance of giving you the lotto numbers than getting the speed map right, I think, for the two-year-old, but uh, I default to the Waterhouse Bolt horses uh, being well-educated and up and running, and Aditi certainly did that in a recent jump out around the circle at Flemington. Blake Shin trialled her there, and uh, she looked to go very well. Looks precocious enough, and uh, for that reason, I'm going with her. But Charmstone's well-educated, been down the straight, then just had a little jump out at, at Cranbourne where it just uh, followed them around virtually, but uh, did it easily. Looks to go well, uh, I would think uh, should be regarded. Uh, Pantalone from the uh, Godolphin Yard, 
uh, the recurring theme is these stables are prominent in this race every year, uh, whether it be Waterhouse Bot, the Price Kent Junior Stable, Godolphin, and for that reason, uh, the Hayes Stable as well with Beluga Express, who's educated well and looks to do everything pretty well right, uh, makes its debut here and, and has, as I said, done everything right, been well trialled, uh, whether it be down the straight or around the circle. So uh, it'd be a watch race, but uh, yeah, I think if you wanted to play, you can gravitate to the stables that do very well in this race each year, and that's how I've played it, uh, 9, 10, 5 and 2. 9, 10, 5 and 2 from Dino. Gator, plenty to learn here. How are you lining them up in the first? Yeah, well, look, a lot of them have trialled and jumped out together, haven't they, which is, I think, obviously of some benefit. You know, we only have to go back a couple of years and... We were just guessing off speculative breeding information. So credit where it's due. Come a long way. Charmstone on top for me. Just no match for Mount Olympus in a jump out, but was under much less pressure. Obviously uh, cost them a bit. Doesn't make you fast, but um, I guess percentage-wise gives you a better chance. <laughs> Old genetics. Adidas untouched uh, and beaten a key rival in Beluga Express who went to, to, on to win another jump out, um, beating a key rival of Karakabee. Um, they ran almost a second quicker than Charmstone in the heat. So, look, times in, in trials and jump outs can be absolutely treacherous. But, um, you know, uh, it's there for all to see. And Pantalone has ability as well. Uh, 10-9-2-5 for the record. 10-9-2-5 from Gator. 9-10-5-2 from Dino. And been a long time coming, but credit to the team at the VRC. Horses trained outside of... Flemington in, in some of the feature two- and three-year-old races now able to get access to the, the straight for jump-outs. So we've seen a number of these horses trained away from Flemington in jump-outs down the straight. It's only a guide, but it's got to be some help. I'm with 10 Charmstone, who, who's been back to have a quiet jump-out to get her Barry certificate earlier this week, but looked to move well down the straight when she had that experience, as did number five, Pandalone from the Godolphin operation. I like what I've seen from Cracker Rib from the Simon Zara stable. Looks to have a, a bit of uh, strength about him and, and rolled along nicely in jump outs both down the straight and around the bend. And Nine Aditi looks to have a bit of tactical speed as Dino outlined. Plenty to learn in the first. My numbers are 10, 5, 3 and 9. Paris Lane State. 1,400 metres is race two on the card. The only scratching is number 10, I am Bene. What's the market doing here, Jamie? Well, Warren, there's only three horses in this race under that double-figure price and number two character for with James Cummings, the trainer there. It's $7 into $6.50, but it's all about the favourite number seven, Vizanari, $2.30 into $1.90 and has been very, very well supported. And the only other runner that is under that double-figure price is number nine, The Garden, who's also seen some support at $3.90, but a very popular favourite in this race. Gator, how do you think they might set up here? Oh, look, Holbian's um, best chance of success is leading and finding the rail, in my humble. Um, the guard is Mr. Exclusive, and I think character finds a spot from the draw as well, and uh, potentially the first four on Sebling. Uh, Visionari, oh, I loved the recent jump out. One amazing by panels, first up last time in, and highly competitive with last week's Group 1 place to get a Tuvalu. Certainly short enough, but um, top raider. Character, too wet, first up, forgive. Solid chase, the third in the Cameron. I like the Mr. Mozart form from his three-year-old days. Poland, D-Day is well and truly um, here. Some sort of pun there. And the garden's very genuine. Unbeaten at 1,400, 7, 2, 5 and 9. I like your humour, Gator. 7, 2, 5 and 9 from Gator. Dina, how are you seeing the second? 
Yeah, I like uh, Vizanari, Warren. Uh, he resumes. He's yet to run a poor race for the price. Uh, Kent Jr. stable. Uh, it was only a benchmark race. He won first up, but that was the only time he'd really seen dry ground, and he virtually just took off on young Matthew Chadwick that stage, who was only having one of his first rides, and uh, he just uh, won as he pleased. Uh, I think here with reasonable speed up front, uh, he should get across okay, get a good run, and I think he's uh, he's a short price for a reason. I think he's the standout of the day. Uh, the Garden was sound winning second up, and he'll ride the speed and run well. I think one at odds to consider is Viral. I think he ran well first up, and then he hit the wet track last time. I think the way this race sets up, he'll probably be tracking maybe the favourite into the race and could run a place at odds and character who looks as though they're keeping him at the shorter trips this campaign from a good draw next best. But uh, no, I think he's the, the one for the day for me, Warren, and uh, uh, an anchor for, for a lot of multis, seven, nine, six and two. Anchor for the multi, seven, nine, six and two from Dean Lester, seven, two, five and nine from David Gately. And I'm in sync with the boys. He's raced through the grades very well on the minimum weight and the form through some of his benchmark races uh, is very strong. He looks to be well up to this grade. Speed in the race looks okay. And uh, he's a short quote, but I agree with Dino that he might be the anchor for the day, number seven, Vizanari. Head of nine, the garden. He'll strip fitter third up and capable of, of making his own luck somewhere near the speed. Four Holbein, I think the rising distance fitter onto firm ground from an inside draw. I wouldn't be surprised to see Holbein ridden a bit more positively in a more suitable race than his first up run. He's capable of improving and two character. Back slightly in trip, but I don't think that's a problem for him. Round about this distance range seems to suit any maps for a good run. Seven, nine, four and two for me in race two. Race three is the Edward Manifold for the three-year-old fillies over the 1,600 metres. Stable mates 11, Starry Ann and 13, Foxy Cleopatra, who won well at the Valley last night. Are the scratchings? How's the market here, Jamie? Well, Warren, number one, She's Liggety Split is the favourite at $2.80 and has remained pretty solid at that price. Seen a little bit of support. Number two, Sumatra is $5.50. The three, Do It La at $9.50. Moco, number four at $10 is probably the next best backed runner behind the favourite She's Liggety Split. Number five, Anfina, is $31. And if we take a jump down the order to number eight, Typhoon Titmus at $6.50 is also seeing some support, but majority is coming through for the favourite. The speed in the Edward Manifold, I think it'll be at least OK. I could see Celestial Spirit rolling forward. She's lickety-split, gets the, the blinkers on here to 1,600 metres. She might be in a forward spot. I could see Do It La rolling forward as well. So I think they'll roll along at at least a, a reasonable tempo with, I thought, Celestial Spirit, She's Liggety Split and, and Do It La probably the most likely to contribute to the tempo. I'm hoping for that because I'll probably need it from a, a wider draw for number two, Sumatra. But she was terrific in the same race as She's Lickety Split last start. The, the weights favour She's Lickety Split out of that race with the set weights conditions here. But love the way Sumatra closed off. I think she'll relish the 1600 metres on a spacious track here so each way for me to Sumatra ahead of one she's lickety split she had a tough run on the speed 1400 metres last start carrying the penalty with 59 kilos and starting favourite so there's plenty of merit in her run she gets the blinkers on here and, and up to 1600 metres she's got the talent to be winning thought do it laugh found a very suitable race second up to win it was almost dropping back for a, a confidence booster but she was pretty good first up the way the track was playing at Mooney Valley first up she's certainly a talented filly who might even get over further as she progresses 
horses through the preparation. And 12 as time goes by as a maiden, but I thought in a race that ties a bit of this form together, she closed off quite well last start. 2, 1, 3 and 12 for me. Dino, how are you seeing the Edward Manifold? Yeah, very similarly, Warren. Uh, I'm thinking Sumatra will run well. I've always thought 1,600 would be uh, very suitable for her, and she ran well last time out. In the same way that she's lickety split in the same race, ran very well. She worked on a on speed and covered ground and battled on well. Gets Blinker's first time here. Uh, three, do it la. Beating the older mare's last start will ride the speed. Typical Moody, Nolan combination sort of horse will be right there all the way and run well. Uh, I put the other Friedman runner in in Moco who just took too long to get going at uh, Pakenham in the Maiden, but fitter for that run, 1,600 from a good draw, could posse up a lot closer here and improve, and certainly if you're having an early quality, I'll be putting in as time goes by, but uh, I'll put them in 2, 1, 3 and 4. 2, 1, 3 and 4 from Dino, but an early quality number 12 as time goes by. In Gator, how are you seeing this race? Yeah, look, I think um, outside of Boogie Dancer, it was an impressive win, I think. She's a lickety split was the best run in the race. She was up on, on a really strong speed, as, as you guys have referenced, and carried the weight penalty. Uh, and she had every right to uh, to weaken. Um, but battled on really well. Wasn't far off the runner-up who, who sat back and ran by her. Um, yeah, back to, to set weight, uh, gear change, and and uh, drawn for, you know, hopefully a softer run in transit. Uh, Stuart Lara ran on well against the pattern fresh and had the right run. Certainly beat the older mares, runner-up, subsequent winner. And there's Typhoon Tipness with the winkers on. I think she's looking for that gear change. One, two, three, eight. One, two, three and eight from David Gately. Two, one, three and four from Dean Lester in the Edward Manifold. My numbers are two, one, three and twelve. Turnbull Stakes Day at Flemington. We're on a good four with the rail and the nine metre position. A, a lovely day forecast. Group one racing in Sydney also. We're on a heavy eight with the rail out three metres there. Time for a break. RSN 927. This is Saturday morning's must-listen format. The Melbourne Racing Panel. Working through the Group 1 meeting, Turnbull Stakes Day at Flemington, and an update on the track condition at Flemington. It's a good four with the rail in the nine-metre position. Liam O'Keefe is putting two mils on the track now to delay an upgrade to later on in the day, so hopefully gets it through to you know perhaps race six or seven before we get an upgrade to a good three. So crucial information that Liam O'Keefe is now putting two mils on the track to delay that upgrade to a good three, which appears inevitable, and... Dino, thanks to Brent Sarafa from uh, Racing.com who's alerted me to a post from Godolphin. I know we're here to preview the meeting, but this is crucial news and unfortunate news breaking with Godolphin this morning in the last 10 or 15 minutes. Aft Cabin has bled from both nostrils as and will be rested per the rules of racing. It's disappointing for Team Godolphin, his army of followers. We can't wait for his return earlier in the new year. So it certainly changed the complexion of the Caulfield Guineas, Dean. It does, Warren. Uh, he's been top of the pops since he won his maiden uh, at uh, Sandown, so certainly changes the market. They've got uh, Golden Mile probably going down, to f- uh, coming down for that uh, race. But uh, Aft Cabin, uh, yeah, that's a really disappointing news. And, and thanks for BZ for pa- passing that on. Yeah, I'm sure he'll get the best of care, and uh, and I'm sure we'll see him back as a as a four-year-old or even a late-season three-year-old. But uh, thoughts and or hoping for for the best with with Arv Cabin, and uh, and certainly some some multis are going to be in a, a little bit of trouble there. Let's get back to the meeting at Flemington today. The Rose of Kingston Stakes over the 1400 metres for the the mares at Group. 
What group level are we at here? Group two for the Rose of Kingston. It's clear of stretchings, Jamie. What's the market look like in the Rose of Kingston? Well, Warren, the interesting thing about this race is the money's going for the longer-priced horses. So the favourite here is number 11 in Pride of Jenny, but she's a drifting favourite. She was $3.90, now out to $4. The support's coming through for number 7, She's All Class, $15 into 12 But number 8, Exolita, is the best-backed runner in this race, $15 into $9. And I wanted to get every week we'll have the best-backed roughie of the program, and it's also in this race, and that was number 13, Fortunate Kiss, $21 into $11. So amongst those bunch of horses is where the support's coming through. Not much interest for the favourite. Not much interest for the favourite. It might be uh, quite prudent that we go to you for the first preview of this race, Dino, with the money for Exolita. How do you see the race being run, first of all? I think Pride of Jenny looks the uh, obvious leader. Um, she uh, likes to roll along with her horses like uh, Cerulio Mess and Tycoon Evie come across from out wide and who kicks up from the inside? Uh, Yearnings drawn one usually, you know, gets back a little bit, but uh, there's an opportunity to be a little bit closer. Odium, Fortunate Kiss might be a bit closer. She's all class holding her spot. So, But I think Pride of Jenny comes across from the uh, barrier nine after the, the scratchings to, to find the front. How are you reading the race? I like Exolita. I like the first up, and it just got too wet for her. And I still think she ran very well because there were conditions that didn't suit, and she still wanted to find the line. So that's a really encouraging sign. She gets on the dry ground, 1,400 Flemington. They're all things that uh, she seems to relish, and I think she's got a good chance. Yearning could certainly win off the back of her first up run. She does stay at 1,400 metres, but uh, it was such a good first up run. She's had the three weeks between runs. Seven, she's all classes, had four runs in Melbourne. She's been in two truly run races and she's looked terrific. She's been in two slowly run races and she's looked poor. That's what happened last start. She gets into a reasonable tempo here on drier ground. She can improve sharply. And Doker number nine, has been trialling well. She's had plenty of trials for this, four in fact, and looked good at uh, Benella on Monday going through her years. I wouldn't be surprised if she ran a cheeky race at a big price, but uh, on with Exolita each way. Eight, one, seven and nine. Eight, one, seven and nine from Dino in the Rose of Kingston. Gator? Yeah, you can certainly make a case for for a lot of them. Um, and with the, the market mover at a price, uh, fortunate kiss, I think win, lose or draw at $21 Wednesday. Uh, is incorrect, um, and I love the way she hit the line first up in slick time, badly held up in the left alive. She's only clear when the race was gone, and then charged her last hundred. She was eleven to fourteen hundred there as well. Obviously, that form was Frank's Mini Valley Friday with the fifth horse Daisy's beating the runner-up Lady of Honor. Um, yeah, looks the overs competitive race. So, Jendi, a big finish, big win, twelve hundred first up last time in, no doubting her class. Pride of Jenny, perfect race for her last time. Led her the solid clip, just kept running, it was too good for them. And she nearly won this race last year, uh, setting a fierce and speed up on a huge run. And yearning, uh, second quickest last 200 of the day in the left to low. She had her 59, obviously up in the weight still, but it was a terrific uh, return. And uh, forget her last second up, she had the internal bleed. I agree with Jenny, just staying at 1400 with a little knock, and you only need little chinks <laughs> um, in the armour to, to find your pecking order, I think. Um, so I have to just shuffle her down to four. No way in the world it ends there. But thirteen five eleven one. There, David Gately's numbers thirteen five eleven one eight one seven nine from Dino. I'm with Fortunate Kiss also, but agree with the boys that it's a, a very deep race. Thirteen 
fortunate Kish. He hasn't had much good fortune of late, and if Harry Coffey can get a nice run behind the speed and get the clear galloping room when when he's looking for it, then I think she's going well enough to be right in the mix here. 13, fortunate Kish. So head of eight, Exolita, who ran well first up, particularly given the track conditions, much better suited, firmer ground, out to 1,400 metres here at Flemington. One yearning, ended up back near the inside, took a while to get clear, hit the line very strongly first up. She's earned the penalty there as a Group 1 winner, and she proved last start that she could be competitive this grade. Carrying that weight, she'll strip even fitter. And 11 pride of Jenny rolling along on the speed. Next best for me, 13, 8, 1 and 11 in a very competitive Rose of Kingston stakes. Race five on the card down the straight for the three-year-olds. It's the Dane Hill. Promises to be a, a terrific race with some promising gallopers here. The scratchings, number six, Spacewalk. I'm sure the connections of Buenos Notches are pleased to see a race without Spacewalk in and uh, potentially no interference for Buenos Notches. What's the market telling us in the Dane Hill, Jamie? <laughs> Well, Warren, if the market's anything to go by, this race will be won by the three giga kick at a dollar eighty-five. Is the best backed runner of the entire program, as you mentioned. Spacewalk with the scratching, there is a twelve cent deduction to be factoring in, but giga kick was two seventy into a dollar eighty-five, and pretty much the only horse that is seeing support in this race. Dual number eight has also had a little bit of interest at that six dollar price, but as I said, if anything's to go by with this market, its giga kick will remain unbeaten. Not sure how you, you see the tempo here, Gator, but just talking to Sam Friedman in the, the previous hour, he was thinking that they'd probably let Duel run along a little bit more on the speed than perhaps we were allowed to do first up. So maybe Duel even a little bit more forward than you may have already mapped him. How did you see the speed? Yeah, I think that's important information because obviously when he won on debut, so impressively in ran time, he did it from the front. Uh, you know, last time he drew in, which he sort of has again, um, and, uh, you know, I think we all expected better, but it was an odd sort of race, one wider out, wasn't it, the Poseidon Stokes? And uh, to answer your question, I think Swiss Exile Cannonball uh, can be prominent as well. Obviously, there's Duel right up there um, with Zoo Sensation and even Sun Zoo. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure they'll, they'll break a record for 600, but there's enough there, enough pressure to make it, um, you know, a good test of the 1,100-metre endurance athletes. And... I think Giga Kick uh, can win. I don't think you get a gold star when they're odds on, but what, what else can this horse be doing? But winning and running quality, last 600 to do it. Uh, he went straight. Uh, he easily beat last start uh, a horse called Mullane. It was beaten three and a half lengths in the Golden Rose. Um, Duel, I'm giving another go. Reasons outlined. Bonus Natchez, certainly, in my very humble, should have got that protest last time, and I'm generally against them uh, getting it uh, by default. Um, but um, he was the rightful winner in my, as I say, my very humble. And Swiss Eggs, I can go forward and be competitive. Three, eight, five, and one. Three, eight, five, and one from Gator. Dino, how are you seeing the Daniel? Yeah, I think Giga Kick can uh, maintain his unbeaten record, Warren. Uh, that was an outstanding win in the, the Vane Stakes, uh, home in the best sections of the day, uh, right the way through, eight, six, four, two hundred of the meeting, and uh, he's got straight track experience. He's been back to the trials. It's been a meticulous campaign to just keep him to the straight races at this stage. Uh, I think he'll uh, be able to win uh, to beat Buenos Noches, who did suffer that interference uh, here last start and the start before. Should get clear air today. He'll run well. Uh, Duel, really like the gear change here. Cross nose band off. I just think he resented it completely. He was keen when he won on Taboo, but he the middle stages, he paced himself really well. He didn't need the cross-nose band. Second start, he just fought it all the way. Uh, I think he'll improve sharply. And Great Barrier Reef off a maiden win. There's always been 
a big spruik on this horse. Getting onto a drier track might be a bit of a key uh, switching states for the Wallace Stable. But yeah, Giga Kick uh, to win again and uh, uh, maintain the the unbeaten run three, five, eight, ten. We're seeing the race very similarly, the three of us. Dino with 3, 5, 8 and 10. David Gately with 3, 8, 5 and 1. I'm also with Giga Kick to, to maintain that unbeaten record. I think with reasonable speed, the race will set up OK for him and uh, he should have clear air to the outside. Three ahead of five, Buenos Notches, who should also have that clear air to the outside, the way the race is shaping up. And uh, he had no luck at all two starts ago and he's won his only other two starts, one on protest. But uh, agree with Gator that I would have uh, upheld that protest if it was uh, for me to adjudicate. Duel can roll along on the speed and give more of a sight on this occasion and thought one Swiss exile away from those rain-affected tracks might be able to uh, improve. Rain-affected a couple of starts ago. Struck a firmer track behind in secret last start in the run to the rose, but I thought did a fair bit of work in this race. It's a, a different scenario here. Three, five, eight and one from me. The Bart Cummings has raced six on the card, a ticket in the Melbourne Cup, up for grabs over 2,510 metres with the rail position. Jamie, we take out numbers 1, 12 and 13. How does the market look? Well, Warren, this is a great race in terms of where support's coming through. So number two, Vow and Declare has been well supported. $11 then into 10 now into $8.50. The three, Serpentine, is 34 into 26 Deshaun Sweet Jr. has also seen a little bit of support at that $7.50 price. I'll take a little jump down now to High Emotion, number nine. $10 into $9.50 and has seen some support at that price. The favourite, number 10, Interpretation, is $4 into $3.90 and has been a popular runner, but certainly not the most well back in this race. Team captain, the 14 at $23, but also number 15, King of the Castle, 26 into 19. But it is Val and Declare that is definitely seeing the most support at this stage. I think there's reasonable speed in, in this race. Serpentine, Desert Icon primarily. I wouldn't be surprised to see Interpretation getting fitter, ridden a bit more positively. Some of his overseas wins were him there being tough and, and riding the speed. So I think it'll be run at a reasonable tempo, particularly Serpentine. And we've seen Brett Preble have a great relationship with Desert Icon riding the speed over the shorter courses in recent times. So it should be run at at least a, a reasonable tempo. And I think it might be a sense of timing for Interpretation number 10, the and Eustace Stable have had a great handle on this race and a great uh, way of targeting horses to peak on the right day to then earn that spot in the Melbourne Cup. So interpretation for me, I think his two runs here in Australia have been solid and no doubt he'll be improving with those runs. Ten for me. Ahead of eight, Luna Flair, I think she'll be solid to the line out to the 2,500 metres here and, and the spacious Flemington surrounds will be in her favour. High emotion was terrific beating interpretation last start that was no fluke perhaps the the firming track may be not ideal for her but uh, she should still be able to get her her toe into the ground to some extent at this stage of the day and seven midnight blue he's also going to appreciate getting onto a a spacious track i think he's capable of improving at odds today my numbers are ten eight nine and seven the bart cummings dino how are you seeing it yeah same exactly for me warren um i'm Keen on interpretation. He needs to win to get his stocks up for the Melbourne Cup. And I think if uh, that's the case, uh, he's got to win this race. And I think he will. And I think he's a player come uh, first Tuesday in November. I think his two runs have been sound on soft ground. I think his form suggests he's better on drier ground. I like the riding engagement of Craig Williams. I think he'll be proactive. Put him in the race. Uh, I think uh, last start he was he covered ground. 
does also ask to sort of sit and sprint, and I don't think that's him. I think he prefers a rolling gallop. And Craig Williams understands these imports well, and I'm with him to beat eight Luna Flair, who's just getting away from Caulfield. She's going well, but she's just been giving away too, too big a start, not getting around that last bend that well, and then hitting the line hard. I think Flemington 2500 is ideal. Uh, for Darsh and Sweet Jr. I thought his run was terrific at Caulfield as well in testing ground uh, onto the drier track. Adelaide Cup winner, so the extra distance suits. And uh, as you mentioned, Midnight Blue comes through the same race and was probably in the worst ground. I think dry track, big track, he can improve. But uh, I think uh, interpretation can win himself a spot in the Melbourne Cup. 10, 8, 4 and 7. Who gets the spot in the Melbourne Cup, Gator? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sort of hoping it's, it's Luna Flair. Um, you know, you've made a good case for her. Um, and, uh, you know, she, her last hundred there in the naturalism was just lovely work. Um, when she got out to this distance range last year, she was able to beat High Motion. Of course, beat a lot of these at Flemington and then beat the fourth or subsequent fourth Melbourne Plus uh, place to get a floating artist. So I thought she was the overs in the race. Dequan Sweet Junior similarly uh, hit the line sweetly in that same race and gets to a staying trip. I go back to his Sydney Cup run. I think it was one of the better runs of the entire carnival up there, given the pattern of that race. I think he's a live top 10 hope in a Melbourne Cup. Interpretation, reasons outline, ready to win, high emotion. Must have a case as well. 8, 4, 10 and 9. 8, 4, 10 and 9 from Gator. 10, 8, 4 and 7 from Dean Lester. 10, 8, 9 and 7 from myself in the bar coming. It's time for a break on RSN 927. This is Saturday morning's Must Listen Format. The Melbourne Racing Panel. The Group 1 features Race 7 on the card at Flemington today, working through the Turnbull Stakes program with Dean Lester, David Gately, Jamie Rogers from the tab, and currently a couple of mills going on the surface of the track at Flemington to delay an upgrade from a good 4 to a good 3 during the course of the day. Rail in the 9 metre position, the Group 1 feature the Turnbull over the 2,000 metres under set weights and penalties. Take out numbers 3 and 10. What's the market doing here, Jamie? Well, Warren, I know Edward Cummings is saying that Jewess is a winning chance today, and she has been supported. She was $4.80, and I know she's now gone out to $5.50, but she has been a popular horse in this race. Profondo, the four, is another one that's seen support at a double-figure price of $10. We've got Great House, who's also firmed up a little bit to $23. And if we jump down the market a little bit, the favourite is 12, Gold Trip, who is continuing to firm up, $3.80 into $3.70. Maximal is another popular run at $13 but I should say it's number eight inspirational girl who is probably not quite the best backed runner in this race but is certainly seeing a lot of support at the double figure price of $12 How do you see the tempo on the Turnbull Dean? Uh, Warren I'm thinking that uh, the likely speed runners here Knight's Order out wide uh, towards uh, close to the inside Smoke and Romans I think across the three or four Drawn directly inside him. Um, Profondo's been very keen in his races. Uh, wouldn't think he'd be too far away. And that's where I thought there might have been an opportunity for Gold Trip to just sort of slide into a reasonable spot in the first five or six. Um, and Milford was keen last start. He's drawn out wide, whether he tries to get cover or he presses on out wide. But I think uh, Knight's Order probably will find the front. What are you doing in the Group 1? Uh, I'm going to have something on a couple of... Uh, reasonable odds um the the odds have diminished on one of those uh, but uh i'm sticking with inspirational girl I, i'm not giving up on her getting back to flemington uh she's well suited under the sit weights and penalties 
she had the one run this time in at the valley and she crabbed around the valley and it was a sprint home and she wasn't suited. But uh, different scenario here. I think just dry track, big track, look for her to run well. I uh, can understand the support for Surefire. All we've seen of him in Australia is on soft ground, but what he was purchased off was uh, performances on good firm ground. So I think he can run very well and put himself right in contention for the Caulfield Cup. Uh, Gold Trip, uh, he needs a win on the board. His two Australian runs have been good. He's the weight horse of the day. Uh, he's just now got to execute and win a race. And uh, Jewess, best horse in the race for mine. Uh, I haven't been that enamoured with the start of her preparation in that she's gone Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne uh, to start the campaign and had that harder fibrillation. But uh, she's such a good mare at 2,000 metres beyond. She's now getting into a sweet spot. I couldn't leave her out. Uh, 8, 16, 12 and 2. Gator? Uh, yeah, look, I've tipped a gold trip. Um, as of Wednesday, I didn't think we'd be a good three, race seven. That's your query. I was oscillating, really, between he and, and Profondo for quite a while. Um, I think they should be a lot closer together, I guess. That goes without saying, when you... You sort of have them almost equal, top rated, and one's into 380, other double figures nearly. So, look, I tipped Gold Trip on top. Um, he gets a big relative weight advantage on Smoking Romans. He was second up there in a, in a gap between runs. So, he looks ready. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's a good four soft five would have been better for him. Profondo, on the other hand, the last time he was on a dry track, he was terrific first up. He loomed to win and beat Animo. He just peaked late uh, off that wide run. You know, you can argue with a softer run. He goes close there and then struck two wet tracks. Um, Maximal is a really good dry track of this horse, and you'll get that. Uh, forgive his George Main miss because it was wet. He's beaten, of course, uh, a horse called Zaki. Jewass, the last time she was third up was her oh, outstanding Australian Cup win. Um, but he think it over. He went to uh, on to beat Zaki in the, uh, the Queen Elizabeth. So um, yeah, you don't love the you know the hard uh, um, arrhythmia and then the lameness second up, but. Her best wins this race. It's as simple as she has, so she has to go in. 12, 4, 15 and 2. 12, 4, 15 and 2 from Gator Dean Lester with 8, 16, 12 and 2 in the Turnbull. I'm with Gold Trip. He's got to deliver here in, in Australia, but his runs have been good. He's only won the one race, but with his rating, his performances overseas, he's well treated under the set weights and, and penalties, and, and he might get a nice run behind what looks like a reasonable speed. 12 for me, hit a 4 Profondo, who'll appreciate firmer ground, as will 15 Maximal. I'm with Gator there, and I'm including 8 Inspirational Girl getting a, a back to a Spacious track like, like Flemington away from the, the tighter tracks. But load up leg of the quaddy for me. I'm with 12, 4, 15 and 8. The Gilgai race 8 on the card down the straight over 1,200 metres. It's clearer scratchings. Jamie, how's the market look? Well, this is a very open race. It's $6 the field. We'll start with the one in Private Eye, $11 now into $7.50. Number two, Baller at $9.50. The three, The Astrologist has seen some support, $11, then went into 10 and is now into $8.50. Number four, Serious Suspect is at 16 Where we are seeing some interest is number six, Rock and Horse at that $7 price. Ethelric, number eight, has also been popular at $8. The favourite is down the bottom number 13 in swats that at six dollars but is seeing absolutely no interest in this stage see horses like serious suspect and others in a race down the, the straight gate do you think it's going to be run at, at a reasonable speed how are you reading the tempo 
Yeah, same boat. Serious suspect uh, when he leads, which is most often, he runs along at uh, you know an above average tempo for the class up to Group Two level. Uh, probably you know be right bang on that, I'd imagine, or even a tick below. The astrologist and Kemal Pass have certainly go forward, and uh, Selric might just get the, the good run just off them. Um, so I've tipped him. He chased Eduardo in the best ground, albeit fresh. Then wasn't far off Mazu, Mask Crusader in the shorts. I don't think the dry track is any disadvantage at all. In fact, only the opposite. And back a notch in grade here. If it's the wrong form and uh, the Bobby Lewis is the right form, then you know, I don't know where to start or finish. But Rock and Horse was a really good return at the Valley, given that track and that 1,000-metre trip is far from ideal. And just missed Baller in the Bobby Lewis. Now draws out with a weight swing on drier ground. So um, I'm going to back the 8 and the 6. The Tory... Uh, he was making the move just as the gap closed on him first up with his, uh, you know, and he finally gets some weight relief. He nearly won this last year with 60 and beat Camel Passer. He meets that horse better at the weights for beating him, in fact. Baller must have a case. I'm sick of swats that, and the astrologist is genuine. Eight, six, nine, and two. Eight, six, nine, and two, and Gator's losing patience with swats that. How are you seeing the Gilgai do? Uh, with great difficulty, Warren. This is a, a very even race. Uh, not much would surprise here. I'm going to go with Rockin' Horse because she's a new market winner. She ran well last start down the straight. Both times she's been closer to the inside, and not to say that uh, that was inferior ground, but uh, usually by uh, this stage of the day, down the outside is where you want to be, and she gets that uh, opportunity today to, to run down that uh, that section of the straight. So I'm going to go with her to beat Ada Thelric, uh, who I thought did enough in a better race last start. Um, yeah, I can understand the frustration with what's that. It's nearly two years be- between wins, but uh, she keeps running well down the straight, and I'll throw her in. And uh, three, the astrologist, who I think just went too slow in the middle stages last time out. He'll be fitter for that run. Craig Williams knows him well. Uh, he can uh, certainly be in the mix, uh, but uh, I'll be putting Baller in the quarter as well. Six, eight, thirteen, and three. They're Dean Lester's numbers in the Gill Guy. David Gately's with eight, six, nine, and two. I'm maintaining the faith with Swats that, although it is starting to uh, get a little bit of a test to be able to do so. I just thought the way the race shaped up, looking for, for wider ground and clear air down the straight in the Bobby Lewis, almost lost a spot that ended up being advantageous, but may not have looked like that at that stage of the race. So 13 for me, Swats that ahead of six. Rock and Horse, who was terrific in the same race, as was number two, Baller, who won that race. So I'm trusting the Bobby Lewis form and eight Athelric through a different form line, but chasing Nature Strip and, and uh, Eduardo in recent times, you'd think, is is good enough to at least be competitive here. Firm ground should be no problem. 13, 6, 2 and 8 for me in the Gilgai down the straight. Race 8 and Nature 9 is the superimpose. Good race for the promising three-year-olds. Out to the 1,800 metres here. Jamie, we take out numbers 8, 10 and 15. Uh, competitive market, how does it look? Yeah, it isn't a competitive market, Warren. The one, Mr. Maestro, is drifting slightly, 460 out to $4.50. The two, which is the Gay Waterhouse Adrian Bot trained runner, Major Bill, has seen some support. $6.50 into $5.50. The three, Red Sun Sensation at $9. The favourite is number four, Art Zeno, $3.70 now out to $3.90, but has seen some support at that $3.90 price. And if we go down the market a little bit, down to number nine, Kapakiri has also seen some support at that $7 price. But there is quite a lot of specking for some of the other longer price runners at this stage. 
best back runners in Melbourne and Sydney, particularly in the last hour or so, Jamie, and anything you're particularly keyed on today? Yeah, well, the best back runner so far. So at Randwick, it's race six, number one, Fireburn, three fifty into two dollars fifty. At Flemington, it's still race five, number three, in Giga Kick. But the best backed overall across all the race tracks in the country is actually coming out of Eagle Farm, race six, number eleven, in Larrikin Rogue. And Warren, the runner that I like, I was actually on the Breakfast Club yesterday with Dean, and I almost fell off my chair with excitement when he also said a number that he likes. Inspirational girl for me, race seven in the Turnbull Stakes. So I think she improves second up, being four from four, and I think she'll be ready to fire today. Terrific work, Jamie. Look forward to hearing plenty more updates right throughout the day and uh, and cheering inspirational girl for yourself and Dino in the Turnbull. (laughs) Thanks so much. Enjoy the day, everyone. Last race, I think there's reasonable speed here. I I could see McAloo rolling along and Major Beale should be on speed and he gets the winkers on here. So, look, I think they'll run along at at least a, a reasonable speed. Promising three-year-olds, but oh, gee, I love the way Art Zeno had to knuckle down and basically do it all himself without anything to cart him into the race last start and, and win. Obviously, a, a rise in grade, but that's the case for a lot of these relatively lightly raced horses. Four for me, ahead of one Mr Maestro, who won well last start, was tough in the rain-affected conditions. Nine, Cap Kiri, through the same form line, ran well, and two, Major Beal gets the winkers on here. Four, one, nine, and two from me. And the last, Dino, how are you seeing it? Uh, I'm going with uh, Art Zeno. He'll get back. He'll probably uh, be strong late and just hope uh, he can get over the top of them late uh, and beat Kapakiri, who's going to get a beautiful run. Uh, I thought he ran well at Flemington, jumping from 14 to 1800 last start. Uh, one, Mr Maestro is having a good building preparation, did a good job to win last start. And 11, Cadazio, who I think, uh, just as Michael Kent Jr. Uh, explained, uh, he was a bit fresh first up. He'll be fitter for that run, and he can certainly improve out to the longer trip. Four, nine, one, and eleven. How are you bringing us home, Gator? Yeah, I think Arzino can run well. He obviously got third on debut. The winner of that had that former round clash feeling, so you can tie that in with a few of these. Great chase and win at Hillside. Runner up one by six. Uh, fourth horse was here on one. Veradino was fifth in, uh, and far from disgraced in, in a, you know, a guineas lead up. Major Beal took forever to wind up around the valley. Um, then doubt uh, a slow speed with any help in the Flemington race last time. He gets the winkers on his key and a dry track. He might be able to turn the tables on Mr. Maestro, who certainly goes in. And Berardino was the one, I think, at that 25 to 1 early was the wrong price. The best ruffie goes in the quaddy. 4, 2, 1, and 12 home. 4, 2, 1, and 12 from Gator in the last. 4, 9, 1, and 11 from Dino. 4, 1, 9, and two from me to hopefully bring us home with a winner with Art Zeno. Time for a break on RSN 927. It's five to nine. David Gately's preview of the Group 1 card at Randwick coming up after the nine o'clock news. But after this break, we'll get the boys' best bets. Thoughts on the quaddy at Flemington. This is Saturday morning's must-listen format. The Melbourne Racing Panel. Time to drill down on the team's thoughts for the meeting at Flemington Group 1 Turnbull Stakes Day. Dean Lester, how do we play a best bet? Thoughts on the quaddy on the meeting? Uh, best bet is short, but I think Visionario win race 2, number 7. The value for me is Exolita, race 4, number 8 uh, for a quaddy. The first leg, 10, 8, 4, 7 and 9. Second leg, 8, 16, 12 and 2. Third leg, 6, 8, 13, 3 and 2. Come home on four, nine, one, and eleven. Where's Leanne looking for a multi today? Uh, she's a big fan of the uh, early season two-year-old races, Warren. So she's going to uh, 
the uh, first couple at Randwick today. Uh, race one, number one, Empire of Japan. Race two, number 12, Sicilian. And that comes to an all-up of about $18.48. Busy afternoon for you too, Dino, with the spring ticket kicking off at 10 o'clock and, and right through the, the afternoon, focusing on the meeting at Flemington, feature racing from Randwick also, and the provincial meeting from Matoa. There'll be some expanded coverage on RSN 927 right throughout the afternoon. Yeah, certainly have all bases covered, Warren, uh, from uh, the uh, the pre- and post-race discussions, mounting our uh, reports with Marie McEwen and, and you know, late interviews and, and post-race interviews, uh, how the horses uh, were fancied, have, whether they've won or lost, and uh, we'll drill right down on it with that uh, extended coverage through the afternoon. Really looking forward to being involved. And from your perspective, we've had Stephen Arnold as part of the Correct Weight program at times. Just great to have Steve's analysis as a as a champion jockey in that the not-too-recent times to be able to give his, his insight on how things are playing out. Yeah, certainly. Uh, he's uh, got that uh, inner knowledge of of what's going on out of field, if you like, and uh, he can bring that to the listeners uh, as he does in such an articulate manner. Big afternoon ahead, Dino. Best of luck. Thank you, Warren. Gator, how are we playing today? Uh, best race five, number three, Giga Kick. Value four by 13, Fortunate Kids. Quaddy wise, let's go eight, four, ten, nine. Let's go 12, four, 15, two and eight. Let's go eight, six, nine, two, 13 and 3, coming home, 4-2-1-12. Great work, Gator. Look forward to getting your thoughts on, on the Randwick card after the news with John Bowden. Roger. Best for me, race 2, number 7, Visionari. He's short, but he does look the standout. Up-and-coming horse on the program for me, race 2, number 7. Quaddy first leg, 10, 8, 9 and 7. Second leg, 12, 4, 15, 8, 2 and 16. Third leg numbers 13, 6, 2 and 8. Coming home with numbers 4, 1, 9 and 2. Time for the news with John Bowden. Plenty to come with David Gately looking at a Group 1 card at Randwick after that.